Hello, everyone, and welcome back to SACS's Essay Today podcast. My name is Michelle Botcher, and I'm an associate professor at Clemson University. I'm also your host for this program. Today, I'm very pleased to have Abby Case, Rachel Clark, and Wayne Glass with me to talk about their experiences. Thank you for joining the podcast. If you could, would each of you share a little bit about yourselves? And for now, let's just start with your current um, work or learning situation. And um, if you're in classes, your program of study, just kind of the those basics, and we'll get to some other things next. But Abby, would you be willing to start for us? Yeah, absolutely. And um, thank you, Michelle, for having us here today. So I am currently a second year master's student in the Master's of Education and Student Affairs program at Clemson University. Um, which is where Michelle is a professor. Um, and that's how uh, I got connected with her. I am in a graduate assistantship with the Bridge to Clemson office. Um, and basically that is for students who start out at Tri-County um, for their first year. And then they bridge to Clemson after that first year. Um, and Tri-County is a local technical college here nearby for those of you who don't know. And my specific role is actually within that office, um, a subpopulation of students um, being the transfer students. So I work with transfer student engagement. And specifically, um, my kind of big role is the staff advisor for the transfer, like peer mentor program called Transfer to Tiger or T to T. Awesome. Rachel, how about you? Of course. Thank you so much again, Michelle, for having us. Um, I currently work at the Georgia Institute of Technology or Georgia Tech, uh, specifically for their alumni association. So um, I'm a student engagement coordinator with them. I've been in my role. I think my six month anniversary is coming up this month, um, which is really exciting. Um, and obviously, I've been sort of connected uh, to Michelle and um, just through having just graduated from Clemson's uh, Counselor Education Master's Program this past May. Um, hence why I've only been in this role for six months. Um, but yeah, just in my role, I advise one student organization, um, the Student Ambassadors, a fantastic group of students, and then also work on new alumni programming. Um, and it's it's been great. Really, really loving the new role. Absolutely still learning things every day. Um, um, but having a really fun time doing it. And Atlanta, Georgia is a great place to be in. So I'm enjoying it. But I miss I miss Clemson a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. So <laughs> wonderful. Thanks. And Wayne, how about you? Yeah. Uh, thanks for having us, uh, Dr. Michelle Botcher. Um, so I am currently a, a second year uh, graduate student in mental health counseling at Teachers College, Columbia University in New York City. Um, so I've been I've been here for a little over two years, and um, I know Michelle. She was my supervisor eight years ago at Iowa State University, and we've kept in touch ever since then. Um, I'm not actively working in student affairs right now, um, but I have worked full time in student affairs for uh, almost a decade. For what it's worth, Wayne is the last graduate assistant that I supervised as a practitioner. So glad that you all could be here. Um, and I, I appreciate sort of the snapshot of where you are now. Let's talk just for a minute about who are you outside of the work and, and academic positions that you hold? And so what are things that you're doing, reading, listening to, watching, whatever you do with those um, occasional moments where you don't have something else that you should be doing? 
Um, so Rachel, if you would start, who are you outside of work? That is a great question. Um, I would say, I'm trying to think at least right now, um, I'm just thinking that I am in a couple of bracket challenges. I'm trying a fantasy football league for the first time. Um, I'm doing okay. <laughs> so that's been fun. I also um, am in a, I'm in a challenge with some of my coworkers for Bachelor in Paradise. If anyone is involved with the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise, that's been a good time. Um, but currently just kind of still working my way through um, a bunch of uh books from my my <laughs> my e-library so we're coming off of just still working through some beach reads even though it's October um and I'm trying to think I've been watching um I just started watching The Empress on Netflix and 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 I'm a fan I'm a fan so but I will say if I'm not you know reading walking the belt line just you know trying to relax after a work day I'm also I'm a big orange theory enthusiast and I am absolutely going to orange theory before or after work probably every day so um yeah that's a little snapshot of me that's great thank you Wayne yeah similar to Rachel I'm always at the gym I work at a gym I go to a gym I'm always at the gym very so for those who know me know that's a very salient part of my identity uh, in addition to that, so I live in New York, as I mentioned, and um, I feel like there was a period of time where my husband and myself were at a Broadway show like at least once a month, right? So um, we haven't been to a show in a couple of months, but I love going to shows, uh, eating everywhere, doing all the things. I feel like once you live in New York, you don't do a lot of the things that you say you're going to do. You kind of just like go from one thing to the next. I spend a lot of time on the bus and the train uh, reading. I read everything, articles, books. As I mentioned, I'm in grad school, so doing that. Um, uh, let's see here. What else do I do? Uh, yeah, we're, we've just been watching some queer television um, on Netflix and on cable. Oh, we don't have cable, but you know what I'm saying. Like, you know, <laughs> streaming services that are available. Um, and just like, you know, trying not to let the hustle and bustle of New York City like <laughs> overwhelm me too much. So, Wayne, I have to ask, have you been to C6? We have. I'm very it's, jealous. I'm very it's, jealous. It's it is a 90 minute drag show. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a, I would compare it to that. Uh the cast is great. 10 out of 10. I would see it again. Awesome. Thank you. Abby, how about you? Um, well, I will be honest, I wish I read more, but I'm just going to blame that on grad school that there's so much reading to do that I'm not doing reading for fun outside of it right now. So I'm hoping when I graduate, I'll pick that back up again. Cause yeah, I've been self-conscious about my lack of reading as of late. It's cool. Um, I have still been finding time to engage in like TV though. So maybe priorities. Mm -hmm. Um, my, I guess, current obsessions, definitely RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I will say, so some spoilers here. So just like skip the next 30 seconds. Jinx Monsoon, favorite drag star winner of all time. She also won the like crown of all crowns, um, all-star season seven. So she is my idol, my icon, love her. She like, she and her witchy madness, I really love. Um, let's see, what else am I into? I have two cats. I have a husband. We spend a lot of time together. Um, I like to, I'm not really at the gym, 
So can't relate. I do enjoy going on a nice walk though. Um, so I guess I'm more of a leisure activity type of person. Um, so I really enjoy getting outside and it's been getting cooler here in Clemson. So that's been lovely to be um, just going on walks and um, watching the fall weather come in. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I want to share about myself. I'm a transplant originally from Kansas, so not from the South. Um, so I do actually miss the colder weather that was back there. Um, it is a little too hot for me down here. Um, and I will also plug one of my favorite podcasts of all time is called Be There in Five. It's kind of a millennial um, pop culture based podcast that um, is as funny as it is emotional and gut wrenching. And she's basically like the um, person who produces it, Kate Kennedy, is like a friend. I feel like I know her personally. I just love it. So definitely recommend people listen to that podcast. Awesome. I think Jinx Monsoon is my brother's favorite as well. But as I shared with you in class, the correct answer is Bianca Del Rio. So for what it's worth. I love Bianca as well. Um, okay. But you know, agree to disagree on who's the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that's another episode for another time. So well, I appreciate you all sharing and letting us get to know a little bit about you. Um, the next uh, prompt is if you can kind of tell us, you told us where you are, how did you get to where you are? Um, a little bit about your journey into and through higher education. And Wayne, if you want to start us off this time. Yeah, um, I, I'll give you this, this snapshot. I was the stereotypical involved undergraduate student where I did everything. I did all the things, uh, orientation, group fitness, residence life, student government, fraternity and sorority life, the list goes on, right? So I knew from my sophomore year of undergrad, I wanted to go into grad school to do student affairs. Like I wanted to do student affairs professionally. So I to grad school, ultimately mm -hmm. went to Iowa State, um, loved my experience. And then I, uh, my first job outside of, of, of there was, uh, I worked in housing at McAllister College, which I loved it. And then after McAllister College, I ended up moving to New York City. I worked in student affairs for um, about a year and a half in the city. And then I'm, you know, currently pursuing a career in mental health counseling. So to become a therapist, that's like a super snapshot, right? Mm -hmm. um, from being in higher education, I was involved with ACPA for a really long time with NASPA, lots of various student organizations, I'm sorry, student affairs organizations, um, serving on executive director boards, um, committees, planning committees, the list goes on. And uh, I really enjoyed the, like the, just the being able to positively contribute to like the holistic experiences of like the students, the faculty and staff that are affiliated with the university setting. And um, it ultimately led me into wanting to do uh, counseling, right? So the more one-to-one -one or group therapy component, um, which is, as I mentioned, what I'm actively pursuing now. And that is a very snapshot of like many hours and years of student affairs work all into like a couple sentences. That's awesome. Thank you. Abby. That was so beautifully concise though. And I'm not sure if I can match it. I'm impressed. Um, so I actually am the opposite. I was not the stereotypical over-involved student leader on campus. Um, so I, so I came from a, a very small kind of underfunded um, school from K through 12. So then when I went to the like big research institution in my hometown, 
um, our one institution, I was, it was, you know, culture shock. So that was really difficult. Um, I also helped pay for my education. So I did work, um, not full-time, but I worked a lot, but I worked in an off-campus position. Um, so I really was not on campus a lot. And if I wasn't in class doing homework, I was working. Um, so I didn't end up joining any organizations or anything like that. So if anything, um, I was not integrated to the um, culture of my undergrad. And that's something I definitely regret about my um, time at, at college, but something that I'm trying to kind of overcorrect for now in grad school. Um, but because of kind of that experience, the difficulty of like finding a sense of belonging, I was also a commuter student because it was my hometown. So I just stayed with my parents. So I didn't live in the dorms, literally didn't step into a dorm room until I came to graduate school or dining hall. Um, so that's just a very, a very different college experience. So um, again, kind of with that struggle in college, I ended up having this really awesome uh, academic advisor who was just like really instrumental in me being able to succeed while I was there. And that relationship, again, meant a lot to me. Her name is Amy. Shout out, Amy. Um, and I, I was like, okay, um, how did you get this position? <laughs> what is this role? Um, I'm really interested because uh, I studied English and I, I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do with that. Um, so that was kind of the like initial inkling of like, I think I want to be in student affairs or like higher education. Didn't really know the terminology at the time. This was back when I graduated in 2017 from the University of Kansas. I also knew I wanted to work professionally for a little bit. So I ended up working for from 2017 to summer of 2021 before starting this program here at Clemson. So um, that was what kind of initially got me like, okay, whatever she's doing, I really want to be that for students because it meant so much to me. And I know other students struggle through college. Um, and so that was kind of, yeah, how I got to this point. Great. Thanks, Abby. Rachel. All right. I'll wrap this up. Um, uh, I, I mean, unfortunately, fortunately, like Wayne, I also was one of the over-involved um, students on my undergraduate campus. Um, I went to the University of, Gen of Virginia, graduated in 2019, and was lucky to get plugged into, into some similar functional areas, orientation, residence life, was class council kind of just all four years. Um, I'm really grateful for the role models that a lot of my supervisors um, were to me, the mentors they became. Um, shout out, you know, Sarah Dodge, Emmy, Mary Elizabeth Luzar, JBD, Julia Bardis Dobson. Um, I'm so in touch with them today. Uh, but really, it was seeing them in these roles. And I, I thought like this isn't, I'm not alone in sort of this story, but realizing, oh, I could do this. I, I could do what you, what you do. Um, I could kind of do what I'm doing now as a student and finally get paid for it. Um, interesting. Okay. So, Basically, kind of from there, um, also, I'm not from Georgia or South Carolina, so I was from Virginia, originally kind of by Washington, D.C., and um, just kind of growing up my whole life in Virginia and really was like, just feeling like I needed to to get out, um, to try something new, as much as I love Charlottesville. Um, and so I remember my fourth year criteria for myself was to um, simply leave the state. Uh, that's all That's all my graduation plans needed to include. Um, I also wasn't quite feeling graduate school yet. Um, again, being that over-involved student leader, I was feeling a little, little burnt out, um, I think, by, by the end of my time there. So I decided the best option was to cross the ocean and go teach English in Madrid, Spain. Um, so I worked at a primary school. I taught third and fourth graders. Just an incredible experience. Um, 
But it did also sort of affirm that I wanted to work in education, just maybe not elementary, right? As much as I love sort of working with those children, I really was starting to feel a lot, just a lot, just getting a better sense of stronger in sort of my resolve to maybe go back and work in higher education. And so while I was over there, you know, took my GRE in Spain, applied, did all of my virtual interviews from Spain. Um, and so long story short, I ended up at Clemson. Um, lovely starting out in August, 2020. Um, <laughs> definitely a class that uh, I think had a very unique experience. Um, but for what it was for what it was worth. Um, I mean, it was it was just the people and the, the communities, I think I was able to be to join to become a part of um, was huge. I had a fantastic supervisor. Also, fun fact for everyone out there, Abby is basically working in my old position. Um, so I used to advise the Transfer to Tiger Pre-Mentor Program. I worked for Bridge to Clemson. Um, and yeah, and so now, right, working in this role at Georgia Tech with alumni relations, I wasn't picturing alumni relations. I think for myself, immediately it's just sort of coming out of graduate school. Um, but I will say it was something I was a little bit familiar with from just what I had sort of been exposed to in undergrad. But I just love that what I get to do here is continue to work with current students. Um, very much so, like I am in contact with them constantly. Um, but at the same time, also now getting to serve a different audience um, that has different needs. So, right, these new alumni, recent graduates, anyone who sort of, you know, graduated from and in this institution within the last 10 years, um, there, there's a lot there that I'm also I'm, I'm very much learning. Um, so, and we'll have to see. I still, I would absolutely say I'm sort of at the the beginning still, I think of my like career in higher ed. So we'll see kind of where it goes from here. I know Wayne, you so beautifully just really put a lot of years into about like two minutes and I'm definitely over that. Um, but no, so I'm, so I'm very, I'm very excited still for, for what's to come, but it definitely, I mean, if you'd asked me five years ago where I would be, I don't think I would say here. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. here we are. Well, and you all alluded to my next question in your answers, but I'm curious, you know, a lot of times people will say student affairs, is it's a small world, it's a small field. Um, when I'm talking to students about the job search, it's like, tell us where you're looking, because if I don't know someone there, I know someone who knows someone there. Would you each share, it could be a person, it could be a few people, but who are some of your, um, whether it's a mentor or somebody who just really sort of inspired you into the work, whatever that might look like. Um, and Abby, if you would start this time. Yes, absolutely. So, um, my network, I would say it's growing and it's grown so much since coming to Clemson. It was small prior to that, again, just with like that, not super being involved um, at my home campus. Um, but again, I would say my advisor at KU in the English department, Amy, she's since gotten married, so I don't actually know her last name. Um, and, you know, just kind of have lost contact over the years. But I also um, really benefited from one of my professors there, um, Dr. John Rury. Um, he was in the education department and just a, a brilliant man and like really challenged me um, to think critically. And I also um, really connected with Hunter Finch, who was at the Career Center there. Um, I believe he is now um, a, like a higher position within the career 
center at UVA, um, I think, but I could be wrong. Um, so those are some names that come to mind. And then of course, people that I've met here at Clemson are brilliant. Um, Michelle or other faculty members, Dr. Wagner, Dr. Coffin, um, and our new one, um, Sonja, really um, look forward to meeting her as well. Um, and then I have seen, let's see, um, Heather Cook at the Career Center here has been a mentor for me. So that's here at Clemson. Also here at Clemson, Kristen Walker Donnelly has been um, a big like person for me in my growth, my mentor. Um, and then within ACPA, of course, I've started to meet people um, that are fabulous. Obviously, I work for President Dre, um, and she's great. The other um, presidential intern, Matea, brilliant, love her. Um, and then I just randomly got connected um, with JW, who um, works at one of the Penn States. And he um, he thought that I was somebody who had presented and he came up to me and was like, hey, were you the person who presented, et cetera? And I was like, no, that's not me. But like we formed a friendship from that mistake and it's been great. Um, so that's another person that I would shout out that's been really helpful as I think about this program and student affairs in general. And he's helped me think through um, like after this, like PhD programs and stuff. I can hop in next. Um, again, I definitely gave three people a shout out earlier, um, but I will say, I think just, I mean, I've, I've, again, I've been very lucky. I think there's, I don't really know, I don't know what's thing about me. I think it's just, I am very lucky in that I've been able to come and cross paths with just some really intentional people who, care um about I think just investing in others and then it's it's beautiful to really see where that goes um so I'm very thankful for honestly a lot of the folks that I got to meet at UVA um but at Clemson I mean I will say uh I was very lucky with and then this this is not true <laughs> um I would say for for everyone um, in, in graduate assistantships and, and internships and field experiences. But I really just hit it out of the park with every supervisor that I got to have, um, whether it's for a practicum right, or a full internship. Um, so Caroline Murray was my supervisor for my full two years in my graduate assistantship role. And there's not enough that I could say about her, um, but she is absolutely fantastic. and. Anyone who ever gets to work with her, no matter what capacity, she's actually shifted out of higher ed right now and works for Prisma Health in Greenville, South Carolina. But I did jokingly, but also not jokingly tell her if she ever moves back to higher ed, where is she going? Because I will work for her. Um, so she is absolutely fantastic. And then I'll shout out Erica Lee, um, who I know has been since left Clemson and is at UGA now. Absolutely just a wonderful human being. Um, Joshua Lighty is actually one of those <laughs> enigmas of a person for me. I met Josh originally at University of Virginia. We both were working reunions as undergraduate students. So he was a colleague, I suppose, of mine first, um, but then also uh, got his higher ed master's from Virginia Tech, was sort of my, I'll talk about this later, but was my uh, key into ACPA. Um, and since then has served as my supervisor when I interned for VC, the Virginia Commonwealth University's orientation program. Um, so he's been like a friend, a mentor, a, a peer, a super, he's held every role for me. So Josh, you're great. Keep doing your thing. Um, if you ever listen to this. Uh, and then I will shout out Kristen Irwin too. Um, 
She was a huge help for me while navigating my internship at Furman University and their career center. Um, I've just, I've been so lucky to just connect with people that I feel like if we ever cross paths again, whether in person or just, you know, whether it's through a connection, um, that these, these folks are 100% in my corner, um, and cheering me on as much as I'm cheering them on. Um, so I'll just, I'll just kind of, I'll stick just sort of to my, my people from, from Clemson. Um, but right network is absolutely still growing. Um, but there are some folks out there that I'm like, y'all really have my heart and I really appreciate you. So maybe one of y'all out there know them too. And I hope you do because every human I just mentioned is a fantastic human. So. <laughs> also Josh Leedy, love him 10 out of 10. He's great. We also work together and I'll talk about this in a minute with the, the um, ACPA presidential assistant, but there's so many people, so many. I'm like thinking about who like I love and appreciate and there's so many. I would say every every professional staff that I worked with at McAllister College, I love I still talk to a lot of folks from there even though I've been gone for a while. Um past president Donna Lee, I texted her the other day, it was like happy birthday, love you mean it, miss you. Coco Du, uh, Marion Aiden, Amanda Ray Barboza Barella, obviously Michelle Botcher. We've known one another for almost a decade. Um, and it was such a great gateway into so many things that I did. Um, and I'm currently doing um, Brad Freihofer at Iowa State as well, uh, who actually recently left Iowa State to go to another university. I don't remember where Brad is currently at. Um, Everyone from the international office within ACPA, I have spoken with, worked with, know all of them. They've they worked their little booties off. I know what it looks like behind the scenes. And I know that they there's lots of sleepless nights, uh, especially leading up to convention. Um, all of the directorate boards that I've worked with over the years, all of those folks are just amazing. Um, and it's wild that I'm thinking about this now, but so many of my friends since since I started the field are like professors in the field now. Um, which is really cool. Like they're like, oh, I just finished undergrad and, you know, and then time has gone by and they're like, I am now an assistant professor in a higher education program, which is really cool. Um, so I'm really proud of them. There's too many to list. Um, but yeah, there's just so many like queer, LGBTQ plus women, women of color that have just really been the gateway into helping me like be a better person, be a better professional and have really served as like a transformative experience for my entire life, not even just as a professional, but like me as a human. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all very much. And make sure when this airs, you let all those people know so they can listen to the episode and hear the wonderful things that you're saying about them. Um, but you all alluded to this. So the reason that we're together today is for you to talk a little bit about your experiences as the ACPA presidential assistant and Abby currently in that role, Rachel in the role before Abby and Wayne in the role before Rachel. So when I made the connection that you all have done this kind of back to back to back, I thought this would be a really cool opportunity. Um, So if you each want to talk about um, so Wayne, you worked with Vernon Wall, Rachel with now past president Danielle Morgan Acosta, and Abby, you're currently working with Dre Deming. Um, what how how did it happen? You know, what was it that um sort of drew you to the opportunity to begin? Because you all know, and a lot of people listening, probably everybody, 
there are more things to say yes to than you can possibly do, right? So what was it about this particular opportunity that you're like, this is where I want to invest some time and whoever would like to start? I don't mind jumping off um, and then we'll go from there. Awesome. So I will say this is something that just kind of popped up. And like I alluded to earlier, is because of Josh Lighty. So um, I remember I was, this was my first semester of grad school, maybe the first couple months in. Um, so right, maybe September, October, 2020. Um, so just started, like we're, we're still, I mean, we're in student development theory. Like we're, this is, we are not far into, into this program. Um, but Josh sent me an email and was like, Hey, I do this you should also do this. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I remember, I think I went to an interest session um, where Danielle was there. And honestly, Wayne, you probably were there too. Um, and Josh was there. And so just a chance to kind of hear a little bit more about the role, um, ask some questions. And I remember coming out of that information session and being like, okay, that sounds interesting. And then I remember emailing Michelle and being like, Michelle, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, the application's due at the end of this week do I know enough? Should I, should I apply? What does, what is this going to look like? And Michelle was like, oh, you know, you should absolutely do that. I said, okay, because I need affirmation to do anything at all. So I was like, great, we'll submit this application and see where it goes. And I remember my conversation with, with Danielle was, was, was just, it was really cool. It was, it was a lot about, right. Like you know, this is definitely a role that you can sort of make your own, right? But then also what experiences and perspectives are you bringing here? It's okay that you don't maybe necessarily know a lot about, right? The American College Personnel Association, like that is that is fine. It's okay that you're a first semester grad student um, who's just trying to figure out, you know, what, what to say yes to, what to get involved with. Um, and so this is really just sort of an opportunity that because someone I, I trusted um, was like, well, multiple people um, I trusted were saying, this is just, this is a good opportunity for you. And if you, if you, if you feel good about it, go for it. Um, so I ended up, um, I'm actually one of, one of three presidential assistants for Danielle. So Valerie Olivares and Gaurav Harshi are also with me, um, on this journey, or at least they have been. So, um, yeah, it really, it really wasn't, you know, me sort of seeking this out, but it was a referral and then sort of figuring out, oh, wow, this organization actually stands for a lot of the things that I believe in as well. Um, and it could just be a really cool opportunity uh, to sort of, as I'm sort of taking this leap and starting this program and and starting to to go into, to sort of dive into and commit to higher ed, I, th I think this sort of aligns with that. So that's how, that's how I got involved here somehow. <laughs> I can go next because I like to joke that um, I'm just trying to become Rachel Clark. I mean, I took her assistantship. I'm now um, a presidential intern. So basically she is just the role model that I'm following. Um, but all that to say, um, sadly didn't like get to talk to Rachel a lot during our overlap of like her second year and my first year. So I actually, um, didn't realize that she was in the position like when I was first told about it. Um, and I very much like her did not seek it out. Um, didn't honestly, didn't really even know a lot about it. It was my first, you know, first two semesters really. Cause I found out about it in the spring of my first year. Um, so just like 
not that many months ago. Um, so like I knew about ACPA, they talk about it in one of the first few classes about like professional um, development and professional organizations for student affairs uh, um, professionals. So, you know, NASPA, ACPA, and then some of the functional area specific and some of the regional ones get talked about. Um, so I had been interested in going to a convention from that class. I heard about um, that there was a drag show, cabaret. I thought that like that sounded amazing. I had never heard of a professional academic um, organization that also like was very much about humanity and fun and creativity. And it was like, okay, cool. This, these seem like my people. Um, so then I was at convention and one of our faculty members, Dr. Rachel Wagner, um, honestly, we have the best faculty here. Just going to say that. Um, but she came up to me and was like, Hey, have you considered applying to be a presidential intern? And I was like, I don't even know what that is. So no. Um, and then she was like, oh, okay, well, my homie, Dre Domain is the president. Like she's going to be the next president and you should definitely at least apply and try to work with her because she's great. Um, they went to um, University of Massachusetts Amherst together. Um, so she really talked up Dre and Dre is amazing. Uh, so that's kind of where I first heard about it. Um, and what kind of drew me into it. Cause again, if I had seen it on my own, I think I would have been like, oh, this doesn't apply to me. Like definitely going to undersell myself. Um, but it was really Dr. Wagner, like pushing and like saying like, Hey, I think you can do this. That it was like, oh, okay, well then I'll at least try. Um, and what, like, what also drew me to the position is like during the application process, it talked about um, like what excites you about ACPA's um, strategic imperative for racial justice and decolonization. And earlier in my career, so it was either the fall of my first year or in the spring, I'd been listening to like the student affairs podcast and they had um, one of the episodes had been talking about like how we do this like great thing with land acknowledgements and like, that is awesome. We're acknowledging, but then like, what are we doing beyond that? And what's like the action um, steps that follow. Um, and so I really appreciate that ACPA like has that commitment and is like actually as an organization trying to, you know, boldly transform as they say. Let's see. I, so I worked with Vernon Wall um, and I've known Vernon since 2014 or 15. I don't remember which. And I, I knew I wanted to work with him. So I initially was hesitant about the application because I wasn't sure. I'm like, this is, it was my fifth year working in student affairs. I'm like, is this a position that's supposed to be for me? And because I had only seen a lot of grad students. And again, I didn't know as a full-time professional that like, if it was going to be right for me, I mean, I applied, right. I like put my name in the hat. Um, and I was surprised that like, I got it and I'm like, great, amazing. And then I was like partnered, we were partnered up with Josh Leedy, who I know we've mentioned a lot. Um, and it was just so happened that I happened to work with this amazing human as like my, my co, uh, I almost said co-facilitator, my co-partner. Um, who I love unconditionally. And uh, also I love Vernon, right? I've, I've gotten to work with him in lots of different ways. And this is like a, a more like uh, personal and intimate and being able to get to know him, how he works, how he thinks. And also I didn't mention this before, but I was jealous of Deshaun who works with Donna Lee, who I also love with my whole heart. And I'm like, oh, I want to work with Donna Lee. I mean, I did work with Donna Lee. Like she worked at the same institution that I was at. So I, I did. We had one-on-ones. It was great. 
anyway, back to Vernon. So I really wanted to work with Vernon. And um, I was very privileged to have the opportunity to do that for three years um, and still keep in touch with him, um, as well as Josh, who, as I mentioned, I just love with my whole heart. So that's like a really brief snapshot into kind of how I got into it. Wonderful. And um, you all talked about, you know, you were made aware of it and you applied what and if this is something you all have different experiences or it might be the same for all three of you, what was the application and interview process? What did that look like for each of you? It, it really wasn't too overwhelming, I would say. Um, and now feel free to tell me that that's not true for either of you, Wayne or Rachel. Um, but the application itself wasn't um, like it asked really thoughtful, meaningful questions, but it wasn't like too in-depth that it was like, oh, this is terrible and it's going to take me forever, um, which, you know, since Student Affairs is busy and as a grad student, I very much appreciated that. Um, I heard back like very quickly. So um, I also, again, since I didn't find out about like since Rachel, Dr. Wagner told me about it, you know, um, at convention, then it was like, oh, okay, I need to get this in. Um, so by the time I applied, it was like close to the, um, whatever the deadline was. So I think within the next week, um, Dre was wanting to set up um, interviews. So then I think we had like a 30 minute interview and it was just a very um, chill conversation, getting to know each other and about like her uh, journey through student affairs and higher education um, goals and hopes that we had for our careers and for the future of student affairs. Um, so it was, yeah, it was, it was a really good process and, um, experience for me. I'm getting drugs. Yeah, so it sounds like it might've been similar for everybody. Yeah. Yep. Like Wayne and I are just like, yep. Sounds about <laughs> right. Yep. Sounds about the same for us too. So what, what's the stuff um, you know, you have this position and you're supporting the president. What are some of the tasks or projects that you worked on or Abby that you're currently working on? So I was fortunate enough to start almost a year before we started. And what I mean by that is if I'm not mistaken, I started the role in fall of 2018, but I think it might've been right before Vernon started his vice president position. I think so. So we essentially worked together for about three and a half years, if I'm not mistaken, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong. So lots of planning and lots of prep for his vice presidency role, which happened to be right before lockdown mm -hmm. um, at uh, ACPA 2020 in Nashville, Tennessee. So we were the last big thing in student affairs that happened before the world shut down. Um, anyway, that being said, uh, administrative processes, and public speaking are probably two of my favorite things to do, period. So lots of planning, lots of scheduling, lots of emails, lots of spreadsheets, lots of talking to constituents within ACPA, with other organizations, other entity groups. Um, and then during lockdown, like when the universities were open, like the fall 2020 timeframe, um, we did the president to president series. So, you know, myself and Josh got to work with lots of different chancellors and vice chancellors and presidents of, of uh, presidents of different universities and colleges all around the United States. Um, and then also different like, you know, webinar series and co-curricular development. And um, I was, I wasn't, unfortunately, I was not able to, to attend the in-person convention in 2021. Um, but, you know, helping Vernon virtually in 2020, no, 2022, 2021, was the virtual one. 
correcting myself. Uh, so lots of like hopping into Zoom meetings and hopping into conversations and making sure that Vernon's schedule was good to go. And of course, Josh and I tag teamed on a plethora of things throughout the entire process. And um, yeah, so that was, it was really cool. I love a good spreadsheet, an email, you know, being able to connect people together. And um, I learned a lot about uh, just like my ability to kind of triage lots of different things. And like also Josh and I just worked very cohesively together, which I could have not asked for a better person to work with. Wonderful. I, I just want to say, Rachel, you can go next because I don't have my thoughts, but I was like, this is going to become a like, we love Josh podcast um, episode. <laughs> and I just, it's, I love it. We'll bring Josh on next time. Yeah, he'll make a guest appearance. Um, no, I'm thinking so, and this makes sense, I guess, kind of going. So now that Danielle is in this sort of past presidency role, um, and all these sort of since uh, ACPA 22 conventions of this past March, um, it's definitely sort of like died down a little bit. I would say probably the bulk of the responsibilities in this position do occur. I mean, maybe Wayne with your your prep might have been a little different, but I will say sort of when when the presidents are in their current president role that year is really sort of the bulk of where I think responsibilities um, and projects will sort of come up, um, all sort of culminating at convention. <laughs> so, right, definitely we were assisting Danielle, um, you know, during 2021, which was virtual, but that looked very different um, from this past March, where, I mean, really it was, where does Danielle need to be? What does she need? Um, who else is in the room? I mean, the three of us got to facilitate an icebreaker with the governing board, which honestly was really fun. And they continued to refer to it a couple of times afterwards, which I was like, great. We love a yes and activity. We love that we're taking this forward. Um, but I will say it's convention is definitely, I think, sort of where um, a lot of sort of, you know, you get to see the fruition of, you know, your social media takeovers, right? Your campaigns here, you're helping them out with various committees and and work and reviewing things elsewhere. Because um, it does help when you get to convention to sort of know who are all these faces, right? Who are the people in the room? Um, and at least from my experience, it was great to finally put actual faces and I guess bodies, that sounds weird, but you know, to right, these people I'd only ever seen on, on a, in a square um, for a year and a half, two years. So um, yeah, again, nothing sort of super, super specific there. It really just kind of varies. And at least between the three of us, we all had sort of different buckets. And, you know, one of my focuses is the hundredth that's coming up. Um, and so I've actually started volunteering with the, um, ACPA at 100 committee, um, so as I sort of progress, move out of this role so I can maintain just sort of, you know, the volunteer work that I do in ACPA. Um, but yeah, I would say definitely, you know, past the, the current president it role, that's, that's definitely the year for, for all the things. And then especially when they are president at convention, that is the convention. Um, but yes, Abby, if you want to add anything else, please go for it. Yeah, um, I'll share a little bit, I guess, about something um, different because Wayne and Rachel did a great job covering kind of the bulk of it. And again, um, just for context, I started this position in May of this year, so May 2022. Um, so Dre is the current president and I will be doing all, all of those things that they were talking about um, in convention 2023 because that will be her um, year there. Um, so all that to say, yes, I'm like doing stuff right now, building up to it, but like haven't gotten to that part of it yet. Um, so 
I'll touch base with you when this is, when that's done. Um, but I would say something that's been really exciting for me and now kind of as um, Rachel alluded to, the other president assistant in this role is Matea. Um, and so she and I are doing a lot of the same things um, to support Dre, but then we also kind of are doing like our separate projects. So, you know, if you're going to ask her about this, she would tell you something different because um, we are just like covering different parts of the role, which is also cool. Um, but something that I wanted to talk about that's awesome is um, like the current presidents can have like task forces um, that they direct and um, want to see through fruition through ACPA. Um, so therefore like kind of being like a short-lived um, project. And so one of um, Dre's like presidential task forces is like the presidential task force um, on like employment and higher education in the 21st century. Um, it might be slightly reworded, but that was one of the projects that I am taking on. And um, I've really enjoyed what I've been able to do so far in that and kind of seeing history being made right now um, and how we're trying to rethink like, how are we, like, how is this field gonna be sustainable? What things are problematic that we need to be changing? How are we um, increasing like equity, equity, inclusion, social justice, decolonization? Like what are we doing right now that's hurting our, um, not just our students, but like our staff too. And how are we gonna like dramatically change so that the future um, of student affairs is better. Um, so just like those conversations are so high level, but also as someone who's like new to the field, it's so fascinating. Um, so I've, I've loved being a part of that task force. What, so based on what you're sharing, it sounds like um, convention during your president's year, that's kind of nonstop is what I'm hearing. What's the time commitment look at, look like outside of that event? It varies. Yeah. It depends. Every day is a little different, not even day, week. I think it just really depends. Some, like we all alluded to the fact that right before convention is gonna be juggling lots of different pieces, but in the vice president role, it could ebb and flow, but really in the presidential role, it's going to be all hands on deck probably for at least like six consecutive months. But that could be different depending on needs, wants, and aspirations from the person that we're working with. Okay. But you all are finding it or found it manageable with other obligations. So, okay, great. Yeah, I would agree with what Wayne was saying about it not, not being like a daily it's more about a week by week. And it, it also depends on like, it's right now, it's a lot of meetings. So you're in, a, you're in a lot of meetings and, you know, taking notes for um, your president or during their past president year, uh, whatever the case may be. So um, I don't, I don't, I didn't even know how to quantify it because I'm not sure how many hours it ends up being per week, but it's been manageable for sure. Yeah. Okay. And Rachel says same. So, um, what are some things you learned or are learning? Um, and again, you've spoken to this a little bit, but are there other things that you want to add? Um, and maybe it's developing skills you already had. Maybe it's brand new experiences. Um, what are some of your takeaways from your experiences? Learned nothing. Okay, next question. <laughs> yeah, the silence means, <laughs> right, we've retained absolutely nothing from these. <laughs> no, that's a lie. Um, no, no, no. Um, I'm just trying to think. I feel 
Um, Abby, what you, what you had just sort of just mentioned, I feel like is sort of, you know, maybe one of my biggest takeaways, but I think, right. And given sort of my, where I came into and started, you know, volunteering and, and, um, interning, right. Sort of serving as a presidential assistant was this exposure to what does higher ed look like? at that bird's eye level um, because right it was it was really valuable to get sort of that those field experiences very specific right very much boots on the ground um, type of knowledge but then to be in these meetings and these spaces where people are talking about the the issues that higher ed is facing um, and sort of hearing all of these, these different perspectives from people who right are at institutions across the country or outside of um, and just in various, I think, again, spaces and positions and levels um, and with all different sorts of expertise and just seeing where all of those sort of heads <laughs> are coming together to talk through these issues of, right? And especially again, given the last couple of years, there, there was a lot to talk about. Um, there was a lot going on. <laughs> so I think just the exposure to, you know, like not only was I getting just sort of a more, you know, sort of narrow perspective, you know, whether it was just at an institution or just at, in, in graduate school, but then getting to see where these amazing, brilliant minds in higher ed, where they're at and what they're thinking about and what research is being talked about, what scholarship is being brought up. And I mean, I know ACPA is still very much working on things that will be, you know, released soon and that sort of thing. And again, the whole like uh, strategic imperative was, was huge too. So um I think that's probably, it's not, not necessarily maybe, you know, a skill set and, you know, Wayne or Abby, maybe that's, you know, something that comes to mind for you there. But, but I do think just, just the simple exposure to these conversations and getting to hear firsthand and talk about and participate in um, just sort of the future of the field, its present state. I, I think was really transformative, um, especially just sort of given where I was coming into the role. Yeah, I don't even know that I would add much to that, just mostly echoing basically exactly what Rachel just said, that that's kind of been, I think, the biggest takeaway for me so far. And now, um, again, for, for me, and I think for Rachel's position, it's a like a two-year two commitment. It sounds like Wayne is a little bit longer for you. Um, which is wild. Cause I'm also like, I would do three years. I would continue for sure. Um, but anyways, so all that to say, like I might learn, you know, even more, I'm sure, um, when this is all said and done, but so far it really has been like, I feel like a fly on the wall in these conversations where it's like, I don't know that like, obviously an entry level position, um, perspective is very important as well. Mm -hmm. But right now I feel like I'm not even sure what to add, but I'm still like learning so much in these spaces that is phenomenal. Like it's really just bringing up appreciation for me and like just what a privilege to be in this position and to be hearing these conversations and to see good work being done by amazing people um, within an organization, seeing how an organization runs. Um, and the fact that it is like ACPA student affairs, like it's not a specific institution. It is so many institutions and it's like for the field at large. It's yeah, it's very cool. Well, and I would ask you if you would build on that, but go in a slightly different direction. So you're getting to see these leaders in a variety of spaces. And so when you think about, um, 
your, the president that you worked with directly, what are some things you've learned from them or about leadership, about diplomacy or action or whatever it might be? What are what are some of your takeaways from them as leaders? Vernon knows everyone. Legitimately, <laughs> ev no, I'm serious. Like, if you don't know Vernon, then I'm shocked. Um, so I think, which is great, right? If you are known in this field in a positive light, it can be very helpful in lots of different ways. So just being able to just have, I mean, exposure is something that we talked a lot about a little bit ago, but um, I just like his compelling personality and the way that he like, you know, commands a room and people genuinely love him for who he is, what he does, how he shows up in spaces and how he communicates and um, all of those things. Right. So I think those are, those are some things that I really just appreciate about him as a person and as well as a professional and he like consulting work that he does and organizations that he manages and our connection with Iowa state once upon a time when he was there. Um, I don't want to say many moons ago, but it was, it was many moons ago. No, no shade to Vernon. Um, yeah. So that was something that really spoke to me as, as I worked with him, um, for three years. Great. And as I'm thinking about Danielle, and I think even just from maybe the first sort of time sitting down with her, right, for that, like, art, I'm saying this with quotes, interview, um, that really was just more of a, a, a conversation. Um, I'm really struck by, I think da Danielle is probably one of the most, um, maybe just, I think, inspiring leaders I've ever just gotten to interact with. Um I know her, her career in higher education. I just, I, I'm like, can I be you? Is it possible, right? By the time I'm your age, would it have actually been possible for me to achieve all of the things you have achieved? Um, and I know just sort of like watching her in meetings and in spaces. Um, I mean, similar, similar to Vernon, she is able to sort of command. I think she's a fantastic facilitator um, who's very capable of, hearing all of these perspectives, but yet still continues to move the conversation forward. Um, so that skill of, of summarize, but also I hear you, um, I think is, is a, is a really tough one to master. Um, and so I've, I've loved, I've really appreciated to be able to see that, that in action. Um, and then, I mean, again, to also say, like, you know, just as someone who identifies as, as a woman to see another woman, honestly, just kind of take, take charge in a lot of these spaces. And I think do so in a way that still is very, again, is very human, but then also like gets it done at the end of the day. Um, so, I mean, that, that for me, I think has just sort of been, I just, I just feel very privileged to have been able to have worked with her, have seen her sort of do her thing. <laughs> um, and to just have kind of also gotten to know her on more of a personal, a personal level. Cause I, I mean, I really do think I'm like, can I, can I say, I think she's a badass. Like, I don't, you know, like I just, I, I totally think she is. So um, I'm very thankful for the opportunity to have gotten to know her and worked with her. Um, I could say a million amazing things about Dre. So for sake of time, I will not. Um, but some of, I, I guess, some of my favorite things. Um, so Dre is like a self, 
self-identified introvert. Um, and as an introvert myself, obviously I really relate to that, but it's been inspiring to see. Um, cause I mean, it doesn't have to be this way, but I do think that kind of the, um, first like assumption is that like, oh, a leader is someone who is like, they are gregarious. They are out there. They are outspoken. They can, um, they're like a salesperson. Like sometimes we think of that with leadership. And I do, I do appreciate that. Like in the modern day, we do like rethink leadership and it has been like redone. And I, and I appreciate that. Um, but she is definitely someone who is like, she is in that she is, she is an introverted leader and she does it so well. Cause like, she is not out there flashy, but boy, when she talks, like people listen. Um, and she's just, she's captivating. She, um, she's very personable. She's intentional with like what she does and says, um, and you can like really feel the heart behind it as well. Um, and that's just been something that I've really appreciated. She's, um, you know, like checked in and advocated for her own assistance, um, Matea and I, and again, it's like, I feel like we are in such a privileged role, but she's still like, but how are you? And like checking in and I, and I love that. Um, I do think that um, she takes on a lot as well, which, which is awesome, but also can be draining. Um, so I know that's something that it's been great to see how she advocates for herself as well. Um, and is like respecting her space and respecting her peace. Like that's been something that I feel like we all need to learn in student affairs. So it's been great to learn that from her. Um, that's several things. Again, I could, I could go on, but yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, I know we're talking about ACPA. These types of roles are available in different organizations, including SACSA. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is interested in moving into a position like the ones that you all have had? Either lessons learned or words of advice, guidance. What what thoughts do you have? I think. I would say whether or not you think you can, you can, right? Just do it. Seriously. I mean, you know, again, working in mental health now, lots of imposter syndrome. We question things until we don't even do it. Uh, and I am one of those people, right? Like I will ruminate on a decision and not ultimately make a decision. So just, just go for it, right? The worst case scenario is you get a no and you'll be all right. It'll be okay. And, um, and if you get a yes, then that's great. You get, you are afforded another opportunity to demonstrate what you know, and then also what you don't know just yet. Definitely agree. I was going to say something very similar of like, if you think this isn't for you, that's not true. Um, it absolutely is or can be. Um, and I would say, so something that I've really enjoyed out of this is that it has expanded my network of like student affairs professionals, not just since I'm at Clemson, not just Clemson. So getting to meet people outside of your own institution um, is really awesome as well. So whether it's this role or a similar role, or maybe not a similar role at all, it's just a role in um, an organization and an association, I highly recommend going for it because it's just awesome to start to meet people from all over the nation, all over the world um, in student affairs. I don't have too much to add there. Um, I completely, I completely agree with with Wayne and Abby. And when I love that, you know, whether 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 you think you can or can't, you can. Um, I really appreciate that. I I think that's definitely. I think the the a perspective that I would encourage others to have when it comes to sort of just considering roles that that look like this, um, right? For these organizations that aren't necessarily tied to a specific college or university um, or program, right? 
Uh, I mean, obviously, right. Be cognizant, know yourself, know your schedule. I, I wouldn't go out there and say, great. So find four of these roles and take them all on <laughs> at every level, right? Like local, regional, national, fantastic. You've got it. Um, I'm not advising that. Uh, but right. If there is one that is speaking to you on some level or right, you know, I mean, I, I'm biased. This was my experience, but as someone who knows you and who you trust plugs this with you, encourages you to do it, you, you can do it. Um, you know, they know you for a reason, but if, if there's something that's really sort of speaking to you, um, like, you know, like we've all kind of done, it sounds like we all just kind of tossed our hat in the ring and like saw what would happen from there. Um, so that, that would, that would be my piece of that. Just retweet what they said. And if you think you can or can't, you can, I love that. I'm saving that Wayne. Thank you for saying that. So I don't have any other scripted questions, but I want to leave some space if there are things you want to ask each other, or if there are things it's like, Michelle, you really should have asked this about this. You totally missed it. I, I would love those questions as well, but is there anything else that you want to share or questions that we missed discussing? Your silence is telling me that I did a wonderful job with this episode. So I'm good with that. Any closing thoughts? Any sort of, I mean, you gave some great sort of parting advice and guidance, but anything else you'd like to say before we start to wrap up? I do have one more question for you, but it's not necessarily related to topic. So anything else to share? Yeah, I'll add something, um, especially if anyone is interested in this position, is in this position position like later on and is hearing this episode um don't expect yourself to be an expert either in student affairs or in like the governance and structure and all that of acpa um because i definitely was like oh okay i'm gonna get into this role therefore i'm gonna learn these things or i need to learn these things and believe me it's just not gonna happen quickly um and that's fine everyone who i've talked to has been like oh no you're not gonna learn like i've been in acpa for 10 years and there's still like positions that i'm like oh wait what does that do like so just give yourself some grace that like you are gonna learn a lot and that's fantastic um but you don't have to feel like oh i know everything about acpa now because of a role like this it's totally fine that's great all right well if you think of other things before I stop recording. <laughs> Let me know. Um, but so here's here's a parting question. Um, and as you, it can be related to ACPA, but it certainly doesn't have to be. As you think about the world and kind of your experience right now, I would love to hear from each of you. What's something that br is bringing you hope right now? I can go. Um, I think, so I will speak to um, people who have gone before me and then like the upcoming like generations in student affairs. Um, I did just speak with a student yesterday uh, um, who is interested in applying for and pursuing um, his master's here at the program that I'm in at Clemson. Um, and so in general, I have hope about the field because of people who are already in it doing great work. Like I'm always grateful for all of those people. Um, but having a conversation with someone like him who is like not 
ignorant about the issues in student affairs, but is still like very hopeful and like wants to pursue it and wants to be there for students. It's like hearing those people who are coming in, that's something that gives me hope. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, there's, there's people in the field right now, but there's going to continue to be people who love it, love students, want to give back, want to be that support and mentor um, for our future college students. So that's something for me for sure. That's great. How do I follow that? Abby, that's so beautiful. Um, (laughs) Oh my goodness. I mean, gosh, I'm just thinking about, I think right now, and um, again, in my role, still very much higher ed, a little student affairs adjacent, I will say. Alumni relations is definitely one where it's mentioned, but I don't think it maybe necessarily carries, you know, it's not like the top like three that'll get named really quickly when it comes to functional areas. Um, But you know, I am thinking about the students that I'm working with currently in this role. I'm also thinking about, um, you know, like my coworkers um, too. And I think just, I think in a very similar vein to you, Abby, I think there, there still is, I don't know, there's, it doesn't matter sort of like someone's, you know, background, even what their educational experience is, um, right at the end of the day, people are bringing all sorts of things <laughs> to this type of work, right? And whether it's, it's on a college campus. Um, and I think, I think I've just been really struck by, right? Like that people can still very much deeply care about students. They can care about, um, you know, different processes on a college campus. They can, um, you know, care about, I don't know, as a policy elsewhere, um, uh, partnerships, like there's, there's, there's a lot of things I think that people can care about in higher ed. Um, and so I just, I'm loving seeing that from just from a slightly different perspective than what I've been able to see the last couple of years. Um, and I will say too, I mean, just again, it's, I mean, the pandemic is still a thing, but I guess we're coming out of it. I just don't really know how to talk about where we're at now with it. Um, but what's, I mean, what is giving me hope is it, I just, this is, this is me but I'm loving getting to see colleagues and students in person. I don't know if that will ever go away for me a little bit. Um, having done the thing where it was work, school and sleep in the same square. Um, so, you know, I, I think what's giving me hope is that like, we we want to see each other. My students want to see each other. I want to see my coworkers. They want to see me, um, right? People on, on campuses want to be interacting with one another. Um, and so, I don't know, That's that might be a little cheesy and very simple, um, but I do think that fact that people are, you know, even though it's exhausting, they're so excited to, to, be, to be here. That's great. I'm thinking about the concept of hope from like a therapeutic frame of mind, right? And what I mean by that is hope is something that we need to legitimately and figuratively hold on to in order to ostensibly see the next day, right? Or experience the next day or work through trauma, trials and tribulations, what have you, right? So as I as I think about hope, it's it can be challenging, right? Because I, li- I, you know, using myself as an example, I live in New York City. It's really challenging to live here, to exist here, to thrive here. And one moment you're experiencing something that breaks your heart. And the next moment you're experiencing something that is liberating and you're finding joy in all within the matter of a couple of blocks, right? As an example. So I think what gives me hope is that 
there are so many people that are willing to holistically invest themselves in what they're doing to be better and to do better for others, right? Whether it's higher education, whether it's counseling, whether it's academics as a whole, whether it's any type of entity group. And I think that is something that I don't want us to lose sight of, right? There are, there are lots of like poopy people in this world and, and there are lots of great humans that are doing great work at the same time. And if we shift our focus to thinking about the progress as opposed to the regress, then hopefully like we'll continue to be better and do better for others. That's great. And even calling those difficult people poopy people makes them a little less daunting. So excellent word choice. Um, well, thank you all so much. This has been a lot of fun. Um, I do want to highlight if you are interested in more about this topic, um, our guests are going to have an article that's going to come out in developments in the next few months. Um, so keep an eye out for that to get some some reinforcement of the messages here and maybe some additional insight. Um, but Wayne, Rachel, and Abby, just thank you so much. I know time is valuable and the fact that you chose to spend some with me and with us, it, it means a lot to me. Today's Essay Today podcast is brought to you by SAXA and we thank them for their support. I do also want to take a moment and thank my outgoing producer, Jen Lowe. Jen, you've been great to work with these past couple of years. I appreciate your time, service, and friendship. Quitter. And as we close, <laughs> I made myself laugh. <laughs> as we close, I do want to leave you with a quote. It's important to surround yourself with good people, interesting people, young people, and young ideas. Go places, learn new stuff, look at the world with wonder. Don't be tired about it. From Angela Bassett. My name is Michelle Botcher, and it has been a pleasure to host this episode. Have a beautiful day. <laughs>